Microphone check, one, two. Hello? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, welcome to Talking Heads, a new podcast about electronic music with me, Arno. If you don't know who I am, please go to www.arno.wtf. This will lead you to my Bandcamp account, because basically all I do has to do with music. I'm a DJ and producer, I am running a few record labels, and now I'm presenting you this new podcast. If you feel like supporting any of my activities, the most direct way would be to go to Bandcamp and buy some of my music. For the first episode, I invited Giuliano Lomonte from Berlin. He's a resident of Club de Visionaire and Hoppetosse. He's running his own record label called Point of View and usually is traveling the world with his record bag. Enjoy the show. Welcome, my good, dear friend, Giuliano Lomonte. I'm really happy that you joined me for the first episode of my new podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Arno. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Usually we would speak German. Today we're going to speak English. So exactly. That yeah. The rest of the world will understand, will understand everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the other day you told me that you even think in German and already dream in German. In German, exactly. Yeah. Do you do you remember how many years you lived in Germany till that point where you where you realized now? The system, the system is, is programmed uh, pro proper German. German yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think like um, I can say like five years already. I'm I'm living in Germany since almost 13 years now. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think uh, when I start really to realize that everything what I think and uh, how I also like you told me like the dream. Like I woke up and I think okay, I was thinking I was dreaming in Germany, yeah. and I think it's like about five years kind where I completely switched yeah like i forgot now i some some italian words i forgot now for example yeah. i really would like to go back to the beginnings for you because i think your story is uh, really powerful yeah um, and i think true. it can really motivate people that if you really have a strong will and you really go for something that you can really achieve a lot so you originally from bari in italy yes exactly south of yeah. italy yeah and um, this is also where you had the first contact with electronic music or Yes, but in south of Italy at that time were not so much going on, and because of my old job, let's say like this, because I'm I'm a chef, I learned to be a chef in yeah. school. Uh, I was uh, working in north of Italy in Rimini and Riccione, where the electronic music at that time was already much advanced than in the south of Italy. So you were working as a chef already back then. Exactly. How old you have been there? I was uh, my first experience in the hotel in Rimini. I was 16 years old. 16 when yes. you when you went to the club exactly first, exactly and there um, I start to go to the first party but still I was uh, discovering first I, I could not I could not say at that time I like this I was discovering a lot of kind of music but I was already in the right direction yeah yeah, yeah. and you, you also worked as a like a flyer promoter exactly guys. yes yes i was working during the day in the hotel and then in the evening i was working for cocorico as pro promote promotion flyer yeah, yeah. and then yeah. I, after in the evening when i was finishing uh, to work for the promotion i was going in uh, in the club to check uh, the djs and then slowly slowly i was lucky i found out ricardo villalobos rarish there and uh, i realized okay this is the music i like yeah, yeah. and was it That was also the time when you realized that you want to try and become a DJ, or that was later? No, no, it became a, uh, this. Uh, I think I can really say it was after, was after much after. Yeah, at that time I was a clubber. I was enjoying going to the club and raving. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when was the moment when you wanted to find out more, even think that you could be a when DJ I put yourself? my feet in Robert Johnson. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So when was your first time? Yeah, uh, my first time was. Um, And why? Why would you go there? Like friends told you, or you knew about the place? Like anyway, it or? was um, my first time. I came to Germany. Was um, was the birthday of Sven Fett in um, Cocoon Club. Okay. This was my first time, and then I went to to Cocoon, 
and was Ricardo playing? Was um, what's was then? Then I don't remember all the DJs, but I was my first experience in um, in Germany, and then after. I realized it was Robert Johnson also. I got information and then after uh, I went, like I think the day, the year after, I went to Robert Johnson for the first time, listening a back-to-back of Ricardo Villalobos and Richie Odin. Oh, nice. For t- 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Proper service. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I realized, okay, fuck, this is also what I want to do. Yeah. How old have you been there then? I think it was about... Mm, 18 something like this yeah yeah and then you would come to germany quite regular to get more of this music i was to go going to, to robert raves, johnson like low family, family park time warp like all the, this regular german rave and party like i can say i was once at month i was in germany oh wow. <laughs> i was here yeah i remember one year i spent all my money i saved working <laughs> in the in the hotel i spent all my money Uh, to go to party in Germany. Yeah. I was more time in Germany than, <laughs> yeah. than in Italy. Yeah. And um, you got you got turntables then as well? Or how did that go? Did you not, print records? Not, and not yet. I was buying some records, but just as I told you, I was a collector. I was a, like a music lover. I didn't yeah. have like uh, this view to become a DJ or music producer. Yeah. Yeah. I was just a clubber for the, for the moment. Yeah. But then at one point you... At one point, I, this it became when I moved to Germany. Yeah. When I really say, I want to go for this. Because I realized I was spending more time in Germany than in Italy. I said, okay, this is the time to move because there is no sense to go in and back. Yeah. yeah. And to, to move to Germany, that was first to just follow the culture more? Or that was already when you decided you also want to be a DJ? Or you went to Germany no, and then? exactly. Like, okay. I, w- I was doing DJ in Italy, but this was as a hobby. Yeah. I couldn't not say at that time this is my job yeah. I was doing just a hobby I was playing in some bar some little location okay. some private party but this I can honestly say it was a hobby yeah. and then when I moved to Germany then I was getting much closer to this the, the, and when the, you when you came to Germany you would move to Mannheim right? yes exactly why, why? why Mannheim? why? <laughs> I mean it's a beautiful city don't get me wrong yes yes no absolutely <laughs> but the, the, the link to because why I moved to because I moved to Manheim it because uh, when I was going to Robert Johnson and Low Family Park all this party the first people I got in contact with were people from Manheim yeah and this was the there is no reason could have been also Dusseldorf maybe or whatever in Germany but these were the people the first people I got in contact with and this was the link for me to move to Germany yeah somehow it's always I think about it, how funny it is that Mannheim we have so many friends that are really deeply rooted in this in, culture in the so culture yeah shouts and greetings to all our friends in Mannheim in Mannheim absolutely yeah, yeah. and um, so then you would move to Mannheim without speaking any German with not in my English was also bad at that time I mean it's not perfect now but at that time was like basic from the school so okay. <laughs> it was even harder so you had a little bit of money in your pockets you couldn't speak the language I remember nothing. I had 800 euro left because yeah. I spent all my money <laughs> traveling to Germany and then I say man or now you'd make the step otherwise just don't do this anymore because it doesn't make any sense yeah and then I, I had the, the I wanted to do that and then I decided okay come on let's try it, it's just a try otherwise I can always go back to Italy there, yeah. there is I don't have anything to lose I mean I, I spend a lot of money already and then I took I was I had 800 euro in my pocket and I said okay come on let's try it and yeah. it worked out quite well it worked so, out so what, quite what, well because I, I found the job also right after and then after that started slowly slowly everything mm. it was a hard uh, ride but I'm happy for what uh, Oh, it was. I'm very happy about. So, what were the next steps? Then you you found a job, and then you also made um, you learned properly to be a chef, to become a chef, right? Yes, was this was no, no, no. This was in Italy. I I did okay. a school in Italy. Okay. Yeah, during the winter, and then in the summer, I was going to work in in the hotel in Riccione and Rimini. That was the, like it's like the Ibiza of Italy, Rimini okay. and Riccione. Yeah. There were a lot of opportunity for work. That's why I was traveling there and was spending the whole summer. And then in September, the school started again. And then I was going back to the school until I finished and I got the master of being a chef. So in... And I finished the school. It was um, when I had, when I was 19 years old, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Mannheim, it was when you 
took this DJ thing a little bit more, more serious. serious. Absolutely, was it because yes. also the people in Mannheim were like more already more into, into, into it and this, exactly, already? exactly. Because in Italy, where I come from, there is nothing about like not so strong like what we have here in Germany or in Mannheim at that time. Yeah, yeah. like nothing to compare at all. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's why here was I got more the the power to to believe in this. Yeah, and go and go for this. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, Obviously, at one point you moved to Berlin. Yes. What was the reason for that, and when was that? This was in uh, March 2011, first of March of 2011, and the reason was, I mean, I, I, w I came to Berlin like also some years before to to party for Sylvester and stuff like that, and I love the city. Like right after I, I came, I arrived here, and I said, "Wow, I love here." And I always, I thought okay, maybe one day I will move here, but I was yeah. also a little bit afraid because here is too much going on, like party yeah. every weekend, maybe starting also on Thursday. And I was like, maybe I thought maybe you can lose control here. So you have but, to say no. But, That's what you're really good at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. I was um, was was always a dream for me, but then uh, I say maybe it's okay. I stay in Manheim. I mean, I'm happy here, but for me, still was not complete. Everything was was missing something. Yeah. And then I was um, uh, back then. I was with a girl from Manheim, and she got like a job um, offer in, in Berlin, and she said, "Come on, let's go to Berlin. Yeah. Try, let's try Berlin." And I said, "You know what? Okay, let's go." Yeah. And this was the the moment I, I moved to Berlin. And um, you, how long did it take you to learn German? I mean, German. Um, I arrived to to Mannheim, and the first things thing I did, I I went to the to the German course to learn the, to, at the school. Yeah. And uh, I could afford at that time because I came only with eight hundred euro, yeah. only one month course yeah. of learning German, and I did the intense intensive course. And um, I did only one month. The rest I learned by myself, working in the kitchen with uh, with German people. Yeah. Okay. Greetings to all the DJs that feel really bad now here in Berlin. That after 14 years still can only say yeah. "Guten Tag" and "Späti" maybe. Yeah, exactly. Shout, shouts going out to all you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's um, that's very nice. And then I mean, I think uh, many people also connect you with Club de Visionaire and Hoppetosse. Yes. So how how did this happen for you? And when was the point where you really thought that this DJing thing could be really something like a career, always oh, sounds so stupid, but maybe something that like you could job, pay, pay your bills, uh, mm -hmm. let's put it that way. I that was in Mannheim still or in No, no, in no, no, much after, yes. It yeah. was in Berlin because I was, I was still working as a chef like till three years ago. So um, I can say I realized that I really f like about four years ago, I realized, okay, now I can make the, the next step or yeah. this or that. I have to yeah. decide or to go for the um, chef job or become a DJ. I can be concentrated in making music and yeah. do this, what I really love. And then I, I risk, I went to... Yeah. I went for this, yeah, and I'm yeah. very happy for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also really believe that at one point you have to go all or nothing with this because yeah. I mean, when you're younger, maybe you still have the willpower. I remember when I was um, still learning my job, I would like after work still go to the studio, but it's tough, I think, yeah. to really go all Absolutely. in. I think at one point you have to decide. And you did, and I'm really happy you did, because we also met through the music. At yes. Club, at yes. Or maybe exactly. before. No, we met before at Robert Johnson when he was playing one time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, after for my birthday, when I invite you, then you came to Berlin and then yeah. we met properly. That was the proper meeting. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And um, how did it, um, because also Club de Visionaire is for many people also like... It was this, a school this, for me also. Holy Grail. How did the connection happen and how did it how was it be how did it became possible for you to play there to play there like i was going like everywhere i go where i like some somewhere i go like as a clubber and to have fun first of all yeah and then like slowly slowly making friendship but was never like something forced like i want like badly or doing something to reach this i was just being myself and yeah. like 
the music it, at the end the music talks by itself if you make good music this is the best uh, visit card that you can give and yeah. this was for me like something to go there yeah perfect yeah you said that everything comes naturally to you but do you do you have goals that you set yourself like i would really would love to play there or release on that and then you yes. follow this or just everything is totally no no i have goals absolutely i yeah? have goals yes yes of course i have goals i have uh, like um yeah absolutely i want to play in some such festival or like i want to release as you say in some uh, really good labels yeah and i try to go for this but sometimes happens sometimes not uh, but this is the the game of life so yeah yeah but i try at least to to reach that yeah, 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 yeah. so um one big events i think for for everyone but also for you was that you played at sunwaves now two times already, two times yes yeah mm -hmm. is was that like a goal for you or is that something that just happened by Exodus I think models. it can uh, it can I can say that it was for both uh, for both things it was a goal for me but it happens also very 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 naturally very very naturally but of course I was dreaming to since I was going there as a club as a raver having par, uh, having fun uh, and with my friends like of course was a dream for me to play there and but as I said it happens for because it was a goal but also very naturally yeah 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 and um, let's talk a little bit about your approach to DJing like mm -hmm. for example um, a gig like Sunwaves for yes. sure you know it's a very important thing and you really have to Absolutely. deliver yeah. and everything so how would you prepare for a gig like this how would you prepare your music how would you prepare maybe mentally or whatever yeah like it's very i can really honestly say that the weeks before i'm really thinking thinking so much like uh, every day okay how, how i can prepare my set and how it's gonna be but like i arrived then the day of the of the event and everything I let go naturally because once you are on the on the stage, you just have to follow the energy of the crowd, and this is like yeah. the the most natural way to to have the approach to to the gig. Yeah. But when I am at home, of course, if I have, it depends also on the timetable when I have what is my schedule when I have to play, and then um, I decide okay, I, I can start with this kind of music to and to have like a kind of uh, trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, how would you prepare your record bag or your hard drive? Is it you have like certain folders, or you have like all the stuff with you all the time, or how is it? How is like the process? Because I I think it always it's kind of interesting of with the, uh, DJ colleagues. How do you um, organize your music digitally or on vinyl, and how do you prepare like? What do you bring? Do you have mm -hmm. like even maybe some certain combinations of tracks where you know this works really well, or you maybe practice a little bit at home even, or you don't do this at all, or what's the yeah no what's the process? I think like I just listen to the music. Uh, first, of course, I need to know when I have to play, what time I play, and um, if I make warm up, of course, it's completely another record bag or like another uh, folder. But for example, talking in digitally. Um, um, way like I have my art drive and all the music I have it's selected by genre and I have like uh, like for warm up like for house uh, like micro house like all it's um, put like in different folder yeah. and in the, the moment I have to play everything is ready like in there but I don't have like for say uh, like uh, the date of the weekend when I'm playing and like or for example the the folder of Muritmic and this is the music I'm gonna play at Muritmic. No, I yeah. have like all the genre uh, like div uh, divided by 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 them and uh, then when I'm on the stage then I I go in each folder and then I play the music yeah. that is fitting in that moment. Yeah, I wanna. I but I don't have music, for example, uh, like um, the new music together with all new music. It's all like uh, separated with in all different folders. Yeah. 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 I would like to put in the first question. I ask the people on Instagram, mm -hmm. my followers, ah, they yeah. can ask um, questions to yes, you. Yes, yes. And one question I think it fits really well is from Henny. Hi, Henny. Hello, Henny. His question <laughs> is, how did it um, change from how much vinyl and how much digital music you buy within the last few years? 
Let me check if I got that right. Mm, okay. Um, it's in the last year. Um, yeah, wait, here. How did your um, buying habits, like vinyl or digital, changed within the development of your DJ career? DJ career, yes. Uh, like... Um, I can say, yeah, it became a little bit less if I'm going to buy new, if we are, we are talking about going buy new music, like mm -hmm. what is coming, because like, I can say I'm lucky somehow now that I'm getting already a lot of promos, yeah. already much earlier that the record is coming out. So that's why automatically it became a little bit less my the going on the decks and buy records. But yeah. I'm buying records what is old. I'm going on disco and there I'm buying uh, records. Yeah, this it, it changed in this way. So that your vinyl now you would buy more old stuff? Old stuff, because the new stuff, more or less, I can see like the 70% I get uh, like promo. I, I'm lucky for that. Yeah. That's why it moves on, it moved on this way now. Yeah. yeah I'm buying old records. Yeah. And how are you with sharing your own music? Do you send it to just a few people or you to few people yeah two close friends yeah yeah did two you ever have like a weird experience that you would uh, come somewhere and maybe somebody was playing like your track yes. and it was like oh yes. I did this last weekend <laughs> I, I, I had not so fresh like last weekend and then was already but I had like I was in, in, in a party and then the guy was playing like a digital uh, track of mine which was only on vinyl just came out like really really few days before and I said come on it's impossible that in not even two days there uh, you have already the file but of course i am not a guy that is going there complaining for what's what's going on yeah if, i mean it's, but it's, it's, it happened uh, it happens it's many times, old yeah. discussion i mean at one point it's nice when people support your music yeah yeah on the other hand some people really uh, i think they don't have any any respect for that any yeah. respect for mm -hmm. the culture because if you're not supposed to have a certain track then maybe it's not for you at this time yeah um, and then you should just be patient and and wait, wait for the moment you you get it yeah yeah, but yeah also for me when when i see something like when i hear something that i really like and i can't reach i just wait for that or i just go to buy the vinyl this mm -hmm. is but i don't go like in any sneaky way to say hey come on can you give me the file i heard that no no i, I just I let it go because this is the natural way to respect the artist on the other side i mean it's 10 euro we are living in, in a time where we cannot spend so much money especially now in this uh, weird weird pandemic panden, pandemic no pandejo <laughs> it's called pandejo <laughs> pandemic on german yeah hey guys <laughs> and uh, yeah Uh, we cannot spend so much money and uh, I know what's the problem for many people but I think this is also a nice way to respect also the artist because I've I put me myself in that position when someone is trying to reach the digital file yeah. and is not buying the record I uh -huh. would feel also like somehow a bit um, I think you I'm not sure if it was you but I think you told me like one of the funniest stories where you went to CDV and there was a DJ playing and then it was like at one point hey this is a promotional copy of blah 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 was it you? no, no okay, I don't remember that so my friend told okay. me like this guy was playing at CDV and he would play this track and then came like a voice ah hey, yes guys, I told you this, this ah, is, yeah, yeah. this is only a promotional copy guys please support the artist yeah yeah this, <laughs> I, I told you this and I know the guy who was playing I, like while playing it was um It, oh, oh, it was the same thing. Please support the artist and buy the vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> like this, like this, while the track was going. This, and, uh, please support the artist and buy the vinyl. <laughs> you know when um, this is like the the the, the file downloaded on from YouTube. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I was. The, I told you that. Yeah. So let us speak a little bit about producing music. When did you? start producing music or how did it came the idea you were just curious like how these guys are doing it or exactly. what was the yeah. i was very very curious and at that time it was still like i was discovering and it came exactly like few months after i moved to Mannheim. i yeah. met a guy super lovely 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 guy and he came to my place i said hey man look i have this program it's logic uh, i can give it to you like just discover uh, and he showed me like we had a few hours together the time we installed it and then He showed me like the basic thing. Yeah. And since that day, I just went to really deep into Logic and I started to, the first track I did that was, was only Logic sound. Yeah. 
and um, and yeah, and then after uh, slowly, slowly, I start. Uh, after I did the, the first release, I, I think it was 2014, the first digital release I did. Yeah, I think. But from there it started. The, 2014 was yes. the first release. Yeah, from yeah. there I started to to pro, to produce. I started like 2012, 13, but was OB, and then 2014 I think I did the, the first release. Yeah. Okay, and then when then you did the release on Semi's label, I think that was the first proper release. This right? was oh. the first proper release, exactly on vinyl. Yes, and there was like one month uh, right after or no, right before the pressure track. Oh, yeah. Tracks, yeah. It yeah. was uh, like uh, ultra stretch, and like few weeks after was pressure tracks. Yeah. yeah. And um, and this was 2000, uh, 2015? 2015, something like this, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And how did your setup change? I mean, now I know you also like to work with hardware. I guess the first track was still more software based. Yes. So how, the, how what was the first gear that gear you bought? That I and, got, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first, very first gears were the um, when Korg uh, start to release this um, these small machines like the Volca bass, yeah. mm -hmm. the Volca synth, and the Volca beats. And yeah. I got all three. Yeah. Like right after, right away, and then uh, from there I start. Um, and I had only just a keyboard at home, and from there I was programming all the sound. Like I was using like mapping and using like kind of controller. Yeah. And these were the first uh, gears that I that I got. Yeah. 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 And I still have like I sold the other two, but I still have the bass machine because I'm really <laughs> <laughs> very close to to it because it gives me a lot of uh, a lot good bass lines. Good bass lines, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can confirm that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and how how would you approach making a track? You just do you sometimes come with a concept or idea that is already finished in your head, or it's just you go and you interact with the machines and see what they give you and see what happens or you sometimes have like a really clear idea what you want to do most of the most of the time most of the time it happens that i just start and i, I see what happens when uh, when i put on the machine and like let the flow going yeah but sometimes i have some idea in my mind and i say maybe i want to try to to do this but in the in in Main, in meanwhile, you are doing the track. Maybe you, you get in another direction. And if you like also the other direction, you just go for yeah. that because you have to finish the track. And if you don't feel the other, what you had in your head, then doesn't matter. But at least you try. But yeah. And um, the first releases that you have, like, let's say, um, Ultra Stretch, you were already sending out demos or was it by accident that somebody that Sammy would hear the track somewhere or how yes. did it happen? It happens like this because I I give music to, to Zip yeah. and he was playing the, the tracks like many times around but especially like for a couple of months in a row was playing the track in Panorama Ballet at Perlonized. It gets Perlonized. And uh, I was sitting with Sammy in the bar and say, oh, nice, nice, this track, <laughs> what is this? And I say, yeah, man, like I give you the track, but you didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Can happen. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, yeah, funny story. Yeah. And then he say, yeah, come on, let's release if you don't, uh, if you don't have uh, anywhere to give. I said, yes, with pleasure. And I also, I'm very close with, to Sammy and yeah. it happens very spontaneously, like, I give to uh, to tip just for playing, and I was not thinking about to release anywhere. Yeah, it it came like that. Yeah. So everything comes pretty naturally. I pretty think. naturally, yeah. That's the way. It's the go, the, the best way, I think. Yeah. yeah, not forcing anything, but also like in general in life, if you don't force things and come naturally, you enjoy even more. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think what is special about you when it comes to producing you really found your trademark sound i think by now i can tell when i hear a track in the club i can tell if it's a domonte track yeah that's important that's nice yeah <laughs> that is i think is a big strength of you so how long did it take you because for example i would say like the the release on ultra stretch also the first pressure tracks if i if i hear now it's, it's a bit different it's a bit different so how long would it take you to really develop that style and maybe was there a moment when you thought like okay this is maybe now my trademark mm -hmm. sound and then you maybe follow this path or something or would you would you been working to like 
to get to, in there to, to this gain point. This trademark style, or it just happened. It, I think it just happened. Like, of course, I am a baseline lover. <laughs> for <Yes>. me, like <laughs> the baseline has to be for me, like really the main subject in the track. Yeah. Like this. That's why probably it became also for, like a signature because the baseline for me is very impressive in the track. Yeah. And um, it became really naturally, but because as you said. Um, the first tracks I released on Pressure Tracks were are a little bit different to what I'm doing now, but still, uh, like, for with the with the baseline as main main yeah. subject, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it came, it became was very naturally to get in the. I didn't want to be and do that like this, but I realized okay, this is what uh, what I'm doing. It's very nice. I really feel comfortable with it, and yeah. and I see also very good response from the people that are playing that. So it's. Yeah, of course, I want to develop even more. I want to get better and better and better. Yeah. But for the moment, yeah, this is... But was nothing planned. Nothing, yeah. yeah. I think it's really... I think it's a really like a strength and it's really nice to really have your own signature style. I think the, the danger can be at one point that stuff sounds similar. Similar, exactly. So That's why it's what I told you last week. You yeah. remember when we had the talk here? I told you... Um, sorry if I interrupt you. Yeah, please, please, you're the guest. You're the guest. <laughs> Um, I told you I don't want to get in the point where all the tracks sound uh, sound the same or they are, they have the concept is similar to the other one because yeah. I also realized like lately when I was doing music because now we are like we were everyone in quarantine I was do doing music every day like never before in my life <laughs> so yeah um, I realized at, at one point that like the tracks that I was doing the day after were almost not sounding the same, but like the concept was more or less the same. And I don't want to get there. That's why um, I realized probably it's like a moment where like your brain need more creativity. And because we are not traveling and not going to the club anymore, probably the brain is just stuck a little bit because we are listening just our own music. Or like <laughs> in my case, like do, doing every day my music, it's like you just listen that and you... Yeah. Of course, I, uh, then I, I listen podcast and try to listen to other tracks. But I realized this point like a few weeks ago that I was getting a little bit, uh, not, not, not boring, but like similar to all the other tracks. And that's why I stopped now. Now I'm having a little break yeah. because I don't want to get there where you say that all the tracks sound similar to, yeah, the, to, yeah. each, to each other. It's very important to don't do that because I realized like a couple of years ago, so yeah, Till a few months ago, like all the tracks, like of course is my signature, as you said, but uh, they are also different yeah, a little yeah. bit each other. And now I was realizing that, but probably it's because of uh, you need just a little break sometimes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, how much time do you spend in the studio? How often do you work? You work every day, or some days, or sometimes you have a break. Uh, no. Sundays is free. Sunday is free. Sunday is free because I have a home studio and the like uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's the slot for the neighbors. It's <laughs> their favorite day. Exactly. So that's why I I have free. And no, when I'm traveling, like I'm working, let's say uh, two or three days in the week. Yeah, and I work. Uh, I start like after midday and I go until maximum eight eight p.m. in the evening, like yeah. six seven hours, eight hours, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Also because the problem of the neighbor, I can't, I can't go over that time because you need to respect the neighbors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to go for another Instagram question. Yes. Let's, Let's see go. what the people ask. Oh, yeah. That's an easy one. Uh -huh. What do you think about the future of underground music? Wow. <laughs> really Yak Yaku Music asks, what do you think about the future of underground music? I think, um, nice question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's, um, I think it's always just gonna be underground music, like as uh, always uh, was. Of course, it's getting in a very um, different direction now because I see around uh people describing underground music also some certain sound i don't want to name dj now because maybe <laughs> maybe they're listening and i'm they're, sure they they're, are exactly. <laughs> and they are describing like uh, such uh, let's say uh, I don't know, like easy tech house uh, describing uh, as underground music but for me underground music it's what what i was listening of course i'm still listening to that but 
like back in the days when I was going to Robert Johnson and listening like Radu and uh, Rares no. or like Ricardo, like this was proper underground music stuff yeah. that you never listened before. Yeah. 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 And this was, and it's getting in, in, a, in a very different direction. Like, but I think it's going to still be there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and we are we are the the example to, to we're that we are, we're, we're, we are still keeping this. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think as long as there's like people always want to go out and dance. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. for sure. To forget about all the other bullshit, and I think as long as you have all the mainstream stuff, there's always gonna be the need for something more refined yeah. and something more special. And it's good also that there is like this mainstream, like now there is the, this electro wave. It's good that we have like many different, uh, like uh, different style of music, but that's so we uh, we can unterscheiden um, viewers. <laughs> that's a nice thing. There's um, something to like for everyone. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. This is very nice. Yeah. Okay. Next question from our good friend from Uruguay. Uh huh. Who is this? Pichi Flautin. Ah, uh, I, I know him. Manglus. Ah, oh, Manglus. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Manglus. Hello, Manglus. <laughs> tranqui, tranqui. So, why friends? Tell him Los Mate. Ah, Los Mate. <laughs> I also don't know. <laughs> Are you sure that they say that? <laughs> or is, it, is it Las or Los Mate? I don't have my glasses. I, I don't even have glasses, but maybe soon. Let's see. No, it's Las Mate or Los Mate. Las Mate, I think. Uh, show me. Los Mate. Ah, Los Mate. Why friends tell him Los Mate? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Or maybe, yes, I know, but I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't. We talk about it later. And there's also going to be um, a subscriber edition where we talk about all the stuff that we cannot talk about in public. So next uh, show, you have the possibility to sign up. And for a small fee, you get the real The, the real The real, the real deal. deal. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Naughty. Um Neuret asks, best places you both have played? Best places? Where we have played. Where we together have played? Yeah, we both, he asks. Okay, yeah, the best places. Maybe we together, huh? Yeah. So. We had one of the lately, that the, the latest uh, that I remember was in Paris. One of the, this festival we played in Paris. That was really incredible. I that think. was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Much respect. To the Yuyaku gang. To the Yuyaku gang, absolutely. Putting this one up, and the next one is coming soon. When and we had also a lot of beautiful experience, like long ride at uh, CDV, like many, many times. Yeah, we had yeah. Really. Also, I love to remember our nights at Venisberg. Also, yes, one of our very exactly. Clubs, yes. Because I, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about maybe now we're at a different point already, mm -hmm. but the, the club culture in Italy. Yes. Yeah? I remember like a few years ago, Italy was one of the places with the most proper clubs for our kind of music. Maybe yes. there were like bigger clubs also. Mm -hmm, you were, mm -hmm. it had to be a little bit more accessible. To play a little bit, but yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure, it was one of the countries in Europe with the most really proper clubs. Yeah. And now it really completely collapsed. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why, Why is that? Yeah, I like, I don't know, like many. Um, Okay, this is like, uh, uh, we have like a lot of problems in Italy. For example, like one example that for me, it's, it's affecting also a lot for me on, on, the, on the club scene in, it, in Italy. It's because, for example, we don't have a like taxi, easy taxi, taking taxi to go to a club. Like we have here like 10 euros and then you are in Panorama Bar, for example. Yeah. If you have to take a taxi, you have to order a taxi and then it takes like so long time and it's like 40 euros, for example, to get in, in a certain place. And if you are lucky, you have the taxi. Otherwise, you have to take the car. But is this If something that, that changed within the last few years? Or, I mean, that was no, it didn't change in the last year. It was not the, this, the, the, the reason why yeah. it changed. But, but I think also like the, the, there is a lot of police on the street controlling and it's getting even harder and harder and harder and a lot of clubs are closing. Yeah. And um, yeah, like the people want to listen always more and more mainstream DJs. 
yeah. in Italy. That's why all the underground, what we were talking before, they are disappearing right now, like slowly, slowly. Of course, we have like we can really con- count on a, on a hand yeah. the underground clubs we have in Italy. Like, and one of the best for me is Venisberg, as we told we, we said before. Yeah, and um, many promoters now tell me that trap music is a it's big, going a, a lot on because all the young people they listen to trap music yeah and but especially what, north of italy but what do you think is the reason that just now like one music genre can be responsible for people maybe not interested in house and techno anymore or do you think maybe the people were never really interested in the music so much but it was just what was like um happening at the clubs and they would just go and now if they play trap they they don't mind so much i mean of course there are many people that care about music in italy that's mm, not that's yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. question mm-hmm. but uh, do you think because to me it's a little bit it's surprising how can it be that there comes this weird music genre and then people don't go to the clubs anymore to listen to house and techno music uh, that's a uh, i think it's uh, it's the offer It's the what offer, it's right? the offer because in Italy right now, like the, it's there is a lot of offer of this. For example, I went to play in um, in a club next to Treviso, and there were like three floors, and you went also there to play I in know. that club, exactly. And uh, one the smallest floor was the techno floor yeah. where I was playing. So uh, you already realize how where, where is concentrated the the, <laughs> yeah. the the most people where are concentrated, and like the biggest floor was like a kind of concert like huge stage with rap music and was super full there and I think it's about the offer that the 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 promoter are giving to to the people if you give trap music the people start to uh, to to get used to it and they say okay this is what we have we get used and that's it but so it's a little bit an education it's an education problem and it's also like a money money problem the the Italian people they see where it's the easiest way where to make money I'm sorry to say that as an Italian I love Italy and I will always be loyal to it but it's the truth like you the a lot of promoter they try to go in the easiest way to win money and yeah, yeah. and we have really like few promoters in Italy that are st- really like uh, true to themselves and still believing in uh, the love of the music what we are doing yeah, yeah. so I offered you today I made you an upper spritz was amazing was one of the best in the last uh, yeah. really 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 long time yeah, yeah, yeah. guys my bar is yes. opening soon yeah <laughs> so is Aperol Spritz is that like a originally is from it, Italy is it really yeah I know but is it really like a thing that is still popular in Italy or is it something that just in Germany everybody likes and in Italy nobody no it's still, I think it's still, it's big, still no? yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah I think yes so you remember when we went together in Verona like we had few table next to us and they, everyone aperitivo, were went, it's, a, uh, yeah, it's an aperitivo drink yeah, yeah everyone is drinking that so I want to come to the next question yeah. from our good friend Evelyn hello Evelyn. hello Evelyn her question is pasta or amore both it's <laughs> 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 but they, they are together fitting completely but I'm I'm wondering a little bit if you ask in Italian I mean pasta and amore is it not the same thing a pasta and love and it's, yeah it's the same I mean pasta and is love ex- no? exactly it's exactly <laughs> they are it's the best combination you have to make pasta with love to have the best result exactly yeah and I think you know Evelyn <laughs> always yeah so Do you think if you're really good at making pasta, you're also really good at making love then, maybe? Uh, l- l- hey, girls. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> hey, girls, what do you think? <laughs> hey, ladies out there. I think it's a little bit, I think a little bit, it's, It's not exactly the same, but I think it's a little bit the same. Like but it's, uh, it has connection. Cooking. I think it has I think connection. So, because you don't have to be a great cook, but if you do it with passion and yeah. with good ingredients... Then it's gonna taste good. Yes, is the same with it, it, love. it. It is. It has a, a big connection. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. If you have passion in making pasta, you have passion in love as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Evelyn, you know the deal. There you have it. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. There are a few more questions from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Our friend Gigif asks: Do you have a secret talent that you can show us right now? I mean, this is a podcast. This would be like... Like a streaming uh, question. It would be, no, it's, uh, if you can show it to us, then you have to show it without people. Nobody can see us. So I don't know if you have a secret. Do you have, do you have a secret talent that you can show us right now? 
secret talent. I think Ooh. many, but nothing we can. We can talk really sh- exactly like maybe yeah. Uh, I think I can play football. I was playing football before. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I can say talent if it's a talent, but I was really into football before. I wanted to become a football player before, and um, and then this was my goal till I moved to Germany yeah. and then I moved to Germany and completely like switched exactly this I want to go back a little bit in my childhood my dad when I was young when I was like a child he told me look I have a friend go to learn piano yeah because it's amazing music you will love it and I got a lot of information for, about music from my dad yeah and um I say to my dad, no, Papa, I don't want to go to learn piano. Give me the football. I, I want to go on the street. I want to become a football player. And I was ignoring his advice many times, many times. And what it happens, like after 10 years, 15 years, I, I'm doing exactly what he, said, what he yeah, told me back yeah. in the days. But at that time, what you know? Many times the parents know what's good. Exactly. Like. Okay, let's see. Another question. Hmm... What is your all-time favorite record? Asks Mircheyukaru. What is your all-time favorite record? Hmm. If there's one. I mean, it's tough. But Yes, like uh, all-time one favorite record. Uh, I can't choose one. but I have many. But one that uh, it sees always, almost always in my mind. It's... Um, like logo hits or Lazara Present or uh, Vaiano Rano from Ricardo Villalobos, like um, two of that, Lazara Present and logo hits are on the Salvador uh, compilation and uh, Vaiano Rano, I think if I'm uh, speaking really um, like right, it's on Alcachofa uh, album. But as I said, I have many and I can't really choose one because there are yeah. really many favorites, yeah. many, many favorites, yeah. So, I mean, I, I I just say like three all from Ricardo right now, but well, it's enough, uh, it's um, my biggest inspiration, and I think it's one the biggest inspiration for many of us. Like yeah, for and reason. yes, shouts to Ricky, of course. Yes. Um, Rudain M asks, how did you guys come up with Civil Stretch EP? For the people that don't know, Civil Stretch EP is an EP that we together and released on Quarta, Quarta, Quarta Vece. Vece. Mm-hmm. Um, last year or two Quarta, years ago, Quarta, two years ago? Uh, year? I don't know. one and a half maximum like you know one year I think Arnold like was like just before um, uh, some waves yeah right. how did we come up with civil stretch yeah we just uh, as always we are doing things very naturally like right now these interviews yeah and we just met and uh, we just make music and it happens like this we didn't have any plans to make civil stretch EP. yeah that's the thing there's not so much to Plan tell about be- it behind, just, behind just that, go yeah. in and we just do it close the door <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and then gamba zamba i remember I remember that in the beginning we thought, yeah, the baseline's a little bit trancy, but then we have to. Uh, but then we yes, to and then we change it. But then, but then it worked out in the end. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now Benjamin from Paris asks, why I have so many notifications Hello, of Giuliano liking pictures of hot chicks on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that is obviously a lie because. It's the other way around. I always see like all the chicas liking Lomontes posts. That is the truth. But you can you can answer for yourself, of course. Okay, so the question is like, uh, he's seeing I'm liking girls, uh, or yeah, the, but the that means I, that he's looking at the pictures himself. Mm-mm-mm. So the girls are liking a lot of pictures of me, or is the, I'm you. liking a lot of pictures of the girls? You want another zip? Yes, please. Uh, I really? I I mean, on Instagram, I am not that uh, that so. I'm not so much online on Instagram, to be honest. Cheers. Cheers! Thank you very much. For joining. Salute, guys. Salute. It's very important in these days to disinfect your mouth with an alcoholic uh, fluid on a daily basis. That is really important at the moment. (laughs) So, Benji, I really, I don't know. uh, I didn't realize that because like on Instagram, I'm quite new. I have uh, Instagram, I think, not even two years. And I'm not so much looking at that, but maybe I lost control lately. And I'm liking too many uh, photos from uh, chicks. 
But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I good, mean, to, good to know. Instagram is all you, you know, you know, I really don't know how to have to check uh, what I'm liking and what I'm not. I'm really not good on Instagram. I'm using Instagram like really basic. I'm putting stuff, uploading stuff so the people can know what I'm doing and that's it. But yeah. I'm really on the basic level of Me Instagram. Me too. I mean, I just do my beauty tips and stuff and that's about it. <laughs> okay. Do you listen to The Grateful Dead? To what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a band. Grateful Dead. Ah, no. 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 Okay. That's is an easy no. question. I, I listen to uh, to like a lot of uh, hip hop and rap, mostly old. That is uh, good. Then I have a next question for you from our friend Andre Tripmasters. Hello, shout hello. out to Tripmasters. Hello. East Coast or West Coast? He asks. Uh, like yeah, both. Both. I am uh, like a little bit affected by by both. Yeah. Mm. Um, I can't really choose one, but like I love a lot, like crazy for Tupac. Yeah. Like really, it's yeah. uh, for me it was like uh, one uh, of the mentor back in the days. Yeah. Like, yeah. Also, like right now for what is happening with the. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you listen the, to changes now, it's exactly. How relevant it's, it's like it still is today. Exactly, and he said like already back in the days in the song, it's nothing changing. Even if we want to try, like still the people are not understanding that, and it's like really goosebumps at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't talked about your label so far, so mm -hmm. we should talk about that point of view. Point of view, yes. How many releases so far? Okay, so far I, we have we have number nine, and the last one was Arapu, and uh, soon it's gonna come out the number ten from a guy from uh, Milano. Yeah, it's his name is Shaggy. Okay. Yeah, it's not known, but he's making amazing music. Yeah. Really, really nice music. Yeah. And what's the plan with the label? You. It's um, it's about you told me. Something. I told I you. I told you. you yes. Spoil yes. It now. There yeah. Was okay. To, let's to let's uh, because I think I I wrote this when I started the label. Like okay. the, the the project is uh, was about to be on 12 records. Like the 12 months we have in the year. Like the 12 inch of the of the vinyl. Yeah. This was the project at the beginning, but... Um, but now it sells too good, huh? Now it sells really good. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for buying my yeah, records. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you people out there to buy my records. <laughs> um, no, it's selling very good. I'm, I'm really, very grateful, but I'm very honest. I didn't make the, 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 the label to make money. I, yeah, the the I main... Mean, the main um, point was to make a, a label to a, to be able to release whatever I want and what I have available at that time in the most freedom way yeah and this was the reason and yeah. then everything it became like nice what it how it is now and I'm very grateful but this was the main reason yeah I mean I guess some people are listening that maybe also releasing music but for everybody else you should not get a wrong idea when we say it sells really good because it sells really good means today that a record sells between 500 and 1000 maybe 1500 copies exactly, maximum. that means it sells very good which is a joke if you see like this how many people are in the world and you sell thousand records it's like a lot and the problem with vinyl is it's very expensive to make a few if you make a lot it gets cheaper but yes. to make 100 records or to make 200 records it's not such a big difference because there are some things you have to pay in the beginning to even press one record so exactly. don't get a too romantic idea oh. don't think you have to start a label <laughs> a now label. exactly because you cover the cost like till uh, till selling 400 copy you cover only 400 or 500 you're just covering the cost because yeah. there is the artwork so there's no there money is the mastering. To make, guys. there is no money it's just like to 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 be it's it feels nice of course it feels nice if you are selling more than 500 records it gives you a really nice feeling absolutely yeah, yeah. but you can't make money out of uh, making if you have a yeah, I guess it's more like a statement that you put out there in at the, least in the especially in this music we, because of underground music you can't make money but uh, if you are releasing if you are releasing another kind of music like more like let's say I don't know progressive or like more uh, mainstream uh, stuff there you can make money where because where you're gonna sell like three four thousand records but I don't know nowadays if th there are labels selling so much yeah me neither I don't know like I remember like lately the one that sold in the underground music one label that sold I don't remember like more than 10,000 copy was size drum from uh, Ricardo and was uh, trompete from um, yeah. from Sis 
this was one of the last uh, release I remember of the underground music that got sold very much. But for now, lately, I don't know, like, Um, if you can say. Is the music from Point of View available on Bandcamp? Not yet. I I wanted to do this the last weeks, but I didn't came to do it. But it's going to be soon. It's going to happen. It's going to happen very soon. So you're not against completely or something? No, 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 absolutely not. No, no, no. I, I agree. I mean, I've I've been to many places and in many places of the world, you don't even have access to records exactly. and people don't even have the economic resources to, to, to buy records. To buy records, exactly. And the, the music we are doing is, it's a really small group of people that are listening to it anyways. Comparing so to what is it around in the I world, yeah. Every new fella... Um, every new person is welcome exactly. so to close markets like big markets in the world and making music not accessible I think it's a mistake yeah, exactly, for example yeah. I went to Bogota in Colombia they don't they don't, they don't have a record a shop, record shop exactly. the records also too expensive and the shipping and there are many places like this in the world and I don't see any reason why, why we should you make like a border of exactly sort of I mean music I think is for everyone to enjoy and exactly. um so and I, also I totally agree. Uh, for me every every time I put me on the other side and to see how I would feel if I was in that position if I would live for example in Bogota and no record shop and I was loving this music how I would feel in yeah. that case and also so I, I put me in also I think you're really engaging the people because you will find the stuff on the internet yes. one way or the other yes exactly. somebody will make a rip and somebody put it online yeah yeah if your record is not like completely exactly but if you are somebody, giving like the file with the wav and mastering it's even better and you are supporting in that way and you are supporting your financial yeah exactly so so it's it's okay no no i'm not against that absolutely not yeah yeah so what is next from giuliano lomonte releases uh okay like i have many remixes coming out and like one it just came i did a remix for Derek Carr, the record i gave you before Mm -hmm. then um it's coming another remix like soon the next days on um i did a remix for um nils weiman our Mm -hmm. friend from frankfurt and uh oana oana leka if i speech well yeah uh, yeah and this is another remix coming out then um another remix uh, but this is still in uh, in on the making and original ep um it's coming one just came out uh, the round music with alexis like a few Hi. days ago yeah Hello, yes. Dorian. Hello, Dorian. Hi, Much Alexis. <laughs> uh, yes, and I really want to get the, the chance to uh, be thankful, to say thanks to Dorian, because what, it's a really nice opportunity he gave yeah. me, because uh, Raw Music is like a legendary uh, label. For sure. For sure. Like over 20 years, like, wow, what everything, what it come out there was like outstanding. Yeah. yeah. So thank you to be, to be part of the family, Dorian. So, and then, like, yeah. it's still coming. So, like, I have a lot of music coming yeah, out. Yeah, we make like, another, we make an extra hour now. Only releases now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have, like, Brookhead, Brookhead coming out also. Oh, yeah. Uh, label from Dana. And um, I want to make soon, like, one point of view because, like, like it's been, uh, like, quite a lot now that I don't do something on my label. Yeah. And I have some stuff that uh, can be can be released on there. Yeah. yeah. And then some others that we keep on secret for the yeah. moment. Nice. <laughs> so, we're soon coming to an end. I have one question that I would have asked. Uh, really? You. I was get used to that. You're getting Come warm. On. I can yeah. tell you have a red nose. Like, yeah, really? You know? yeah. yeah, because I'm scratching on the microphone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to scratch. Yeah, and also uh, the Aperol Spritz is empty and my assistant is um, not here at the moment, traveling to Switzerland mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to help another DJ setting up his um, live stream. Um, so what tip, um, Nikita ES is asking, what tip would you give a young musician who wants to become a DJ? Yeah, uh, like the same what um, I was believing when I started. Just uh, believe in what you are doing, like in your passion, because uh, and do everything naturally without forcing anything. Being as much as you, as you can natural and uh, just love the music. And this is what I, everything what I did back in the days, I was just doing with love. And when you do this with love, like you, everything comes to you naturally automatically and yeah 
that is uh, yeah nothing else to say that is the perfect statement to come to an end thank you so much this one hour passed by very fast yeah i, I think we had a little bit more but no it's okay yeah, i can um, come next week again no problem yeah, you're resident already <laughs> yeah next time we cook okay yeah. thank you so much giuliano for this um, thank you Arno. for this nice talk i hope that some people finally got to know you a little bit better because yes. that's the purpose of this podcast i think that some of these online magazines they're scratching the surface many times and um, not going really deep yes and um, other platforms they're just interviewing and asking the same old big old djs exactly this i wanted and to say like always the same and the biggest this is one what this yeah. is all about to get to know the people and support the underground better. so back to the, the question before we are supporting thank you. the underground. thank you so much juliano that was very nice and thank you um, we're gonna be back soon with another episode ciao ciao bye bye guys